Welcome to a new episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. This is actually a special episode. Not only is it our 150th episode, which is wild and impressive, but it's also our first time recording since March of 2020 in person. Like that is wild since COVID hit. We are now finally all together at around the same table, which is awesome. So that feels good. I'm excited about that. We had to quickly pivot for recording remotely. Like we'd never done recording remotely until the pandemic. So now it's kind of nice to go back to what we were used to. But we also were able to benefit a bit from having remote guests and, and do more in, more people on the podcast. So that's been good. Today we're talking about reorgs. So before we dive into the episode, let's give introductions of today's panelists. Stacy, you want to start it off? Sure. I'm Stacy London. I'm a senior front-end engineer on Trello. Uh, I'm Augustus Yoon. I'm a software engineer at Twitch. Jem Young, engineering manager at Netflix. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. And what did we decide today's keyword is? Change. Change. So if we say the word change, which, I mean, we will be saying it so many times. We're, Cheers. We're cheersing in person, you all. We, we, <laughs> we clicked. This is huge. Oh <laughs> Our glass is connected. We can't. <laughs> it feels so real. So real. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's dive in. Augustus, you picked this great topic, which is awesome. I'm sure we've all gone through these reorgs or changes in general. Cheers. 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 What are your thoughts on reorgs? Like what comes to mind when you think of reorgs? Yeah, reorgs. They're definitely things that come to mind are like ownership changes or manager changes. Basically, and I feel like there are different types. Oh, cheers, oh my cheers. gosh. Oh gosh. Cheers. We're going to have fun. Oh, no. It's a bad keyword. Oh, no. It's a big thing. And it's it's something that definitely has cascading effects. And I personally, when I first went into my career and it happened, I wasn't really sure. Like, oh, I think things. it's just like, oh, this is just natural things. But there were things that I wish I was aware of when, like, it happened. Like, things, questions I should be asking, like, my manager about it. Um that I, like when I look back so that's why I kind of want to talk about it yeah I think it is one of those things that you, it happens and you're like what am I supposed to do with that but there are things that can help you prepare for it or maybe give input on it so that is a valid point has anyone else experienced reorgs like what was it like um I mean some of the ones I've experienced have been kind of tra- like I don't the transparent I guess where it was different levels of like uh, upper management sort of shifting responsibilities and it didn't necessarily change the the stuff I was doing day to day. I think that can be one example of where like y- you as an you know individual contributor or whatever you want to call it, like you don't feel any effect of that change. Um, Cheers. Oh, Cheers. Cheers. I mean, we we're back in person for, for good reason. I've experienced both. Like where it doesn't really seem to affect me at all, or where it, it absolutely does, and you know projects get canceled or you start you know, shifting strategic direction to work on something different. Yeah, I think for me, they're never easy. Like, I don't think there's ever been a time where I'm like, wow, that was smooth. And there's also never a perfect reorg. Like, and I think that if you think you're going to come up with the perfect solution, you're probably running a fool's errand because there's never perfect, right? Like, even the way a team's structured or a whole organization, it's never perfect. There's always something that you're like, yeah, that maybe that will last for a while and then get adjusted. And I think that's the whole point, too, is that you adjust over time, you figure out what works. But to me, it's never been an easy thing. And also, 
change isn't easy. Cheers. 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 I think there's a good way or a bad way to announce it. I, this this stuck stuck out in my mind. I went to uh, went through a change where they called a last minute meeting. Oh God, this cheers. word is a bad word. Just keep talking. We'll, we'll cheers for you. <laughs> um, they called a, like a last minute meeting to say that, and they didn't put anything in the subject. It was an all hands, and but no agenda or no details about it and it freaked people out oh yeah i was like oh are you calling us all in to let us go like what what's the emergency and then they're like oh we're getting a new seat you know uh head of engineering you're like oh look you could have <laughs> said that's that an email that's, didn't that's make a, us all yeah. nervous yeah. and stressed out it makes me think about yeah like i remember at one of my previous companies you just would get a calendar invite or an email like everyone please report downstairs at xpm and everyone's like gosh what is going on and and literally no one knows even the managers they might just find out the morning of and it's like oh new ceo or new executive leader has come to step in and yeah i feel like it creates so much anxiety i mean how how productive were you when you've like got that email you're <laughs> like yeah nobody's working you may as well have just like pulled everyone I in know. to talk about it <laughs> yeah yeah i did not do any work that day i was just like oh my gosh are they just gonna fire us all but you know think think or yeah i guess i wouldn't get the email you know <laughs> get out get out get back your stuff and hey, get out come downstairs with everyone at xpm augustus is fired shame you in front of the whole company oh my gosh that would be terrifying a lot of our front end happy hours are breaking into tech so are not quite familiar can, can you all explain what a reorganization means why don't we kick that off at the start <laughs> that would have been smart we, we've we're all like very senior so we're used to these terms but not yeah. everybody is no i think like for me a reorg is any changing of and this can be large like it could be company-wide or it could be multiple team changes but it's adjusting how a team fits and like maybe you're absorbing Cheers. Cheers. Ring a ding ding. <laughs> Didn't want to be rude, but maybe your team is absorbing another team or a, a new project or effort and you have to shift people around. I think that's the best way to call it is you're shifting people around to fit the business needs or product needs, whatever that is. It's like that's what you're doing. Maybe it's a complete shift of direction, but it's really a shift of people. Anyone want to any else add to that? No, plus one. And is there's different I feel magnitudes of, I don't want to say the word of, of effects. Adjustments. Like a cascading <laughs> effects that can happen. An executive leader may leave and everyone that reports to them now needs to shift. And sometimes it's not just as simple as moving that entire tree of people to another executive leader. It might be distributed to multiple leaders um, or they rethink that process. And I feel like depend, and actually as I realize this, I feel managers might get different effects than ICs. Like it might impact ICs less sometimes and impact managers more and vice versa. Um, but then there are also reorgs where ownership, when ownership has cascading effects, <laughs> <laughs> has cascading effects. And that can be very influential, you know, and, and what you changes to do your day to day. Cheers. Cheers. I do like what you said too, or can maybe asking the question of like, what's the difference from like an IC, like individual contributor to like a manager or leader. I think it does have differences, but 
I mean, it's still things that you're adjusting to. And so, I mean, some of the reasons even for a reorg could be that a manager has too many direct reports and like that can just automatically set like, okay, well we need to maybe hire a new manager, which that's not really a reorg necessarily, or maybe you have to split up the team into smaller components or there's a lot of those types of things that can happen that might, that might be just a small shuffle of a reorg too. Reorgs are a natural part of the business cycle. Businesses are always growing or shrinking. Um, so you're constantly looking at the people you have, kind of the focus you have. And usually reorgs happen when there's a change in leadership because someone's like, hey, you know what? We've been wanting to do this for a while and this is a good excuse to do it. Uh, that's that's what I've seen historically. But they're a natural part of business. Uh, that's why it's a really good topic because you will at some point in your career, your software development career, go through a reorganization. and. Whether or not it affects you, you'll be close to it or in the middle of it. And I, I think your proximity to it changes your perspective on reorganizations. And sometimes it's like, to your point, as all of you had mentioned how it affects you, sometimes it doesn't affect you at all, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I've seen that happen where I get an email and there's an organization that's done a reshuffle completely. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. That's like good to know. That's a great update. But doesn't really affect my day-to-day. -day. I think it's even in a company, you'll see those things change that don't necessarily affect you. One example I saw of uh, sort of something that did affect me as a, a individual contributor was there was, you, I was working on a, a product, and so you were really excited about building features for that product and making it better for people that use it. But as a company gets bigger, they start to try and figure out ways to like, connect the products like multiple products that they have and so um, one of the strategic changes was like changing it from like oh you're just focusing on a strategy for the product instead it's more of a strategy of integration and a strategy of um, how to make the products work better together so then it really did affect like the roadmaps and the things that you were working on so maybe it wasn't like building every like new feature to try and keep up with com competition. It was how do we integrate better with this other product so there's a suite of products that make the, um, the company more successful as a whole. So that was, I guess, one example of where like that really did shift and you started to work more on like um, platform things and integration versus like a feature. Funny too, we haven't also mentioned this, but there could also be a product or feature or whatever it is discontinued right like and that can happen too where it's like yeah we're shutting down this effort and a whole multiple teams or a whole entire organization could be shuffling because they're no longer supporting that thing and it's like now we're going to double down in another area or some people unfortunately could get let go and so that can actually be a big negative too that like we talked about how does this impact you even if you're not a person getting let go or seeing right affecting on that product that got discontinued it still affects you because it's just like it's sad to see that those are your colleagues that could have been let go or a product that you're like oh i wish that was still going or even though i wasn't working on it like a lot of the people i work with were and so i think that's another thing that can have just cascading effects for people yeah elastian did that with and that was very public with um stride which was their chat app that they were trying to compete with slack and other major competitors and and that just didn't work out you know and they had to make a really tough call to to shut it down and try and um, but they did they did good things by offering everybody like 
you know, there's roles elsewhere in other teams and products. And uh, they did, I think, by many standards, like a good job with that. Um, although I'm sure a lot of people were frustrated and some quit. Oh, yeah. I mean, they might have joined Atlassian to work on that particular product. And yeah. then they're like, oh, my God, it's no longer here. And that can be frustrating, too. But I think you're right. If they're able to try and find homes for people so they're not losing their jobs, that's 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 a huge benefit, I would say, or like a good reorg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, similar thing happened at Twitch. There is um, a feature called Twitch Music um, where it was basically they wanted to create this America's Got Talent kind of thing for Twitch. Um I'll just be honest, sometimes it's kind of a meme a little at this point. It's like, oh, how did we think of that? But, you know, it's, it's like you're trying new things and, yeah. you know, it didn't work. And so, and so I, actually, I was going to say, like, I love how, um, um, Jem, you mentioned that it's just a natural thing. And, you know, part of innovation, you know, when things don't work, you just have to, you have to cut it. And, and we were very fortunate that we didn't have to let go people, or at least I don't think we did. We could shuffle them around and stuff, but... I personally thought it was like a very like healthy sign to see the business make that kind of tough call. Like, Hey, you know, this isn't panning out. This isn't working out. We're going to try something else. I like what you said there on healthy. It, I think it is healthy to reevaluate the business every so often. Your competitors are, uh, people change your, the talent density in certain areas changes. They're, they're natural. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I, I think the, the key difference is how they're executed. And that makes the big difference in in uh, reorgs. I've seen them go poorly. I've seen them go well. To you know, a year or two out, the business is doing much better. And we're just like, wow, this is a great idea. We should have done this a long time ago. Uh, whereas other cases where there's some layoffs, a lot of bitterness, uh, the company loses its direction now because it's entirely different, and no one knows where where the the footing is with the north star. So it really depends. And I don't, I don't know. I think the most frustrating thing about reorgs is, as an IC, was kind of you don't have a lot of power there because the decision's already been made by the time you hear about it. You can complain all you want, but you're not going to change it. So you kind of just have to go along with the ride and hope leadership or whoever is leading that reorganization has the right idea. Yeah. You can, like, destroy culture, right? If you Absolutely. Have, like, if you have a particular culture and, like, they do it poorly – it can like even if people want to stay, they can be like, "Well, that was executed poorly. Are they gonna treat me the same way if they ever have to do it again?" Like, yeah. I think too, it's like even to Jem's point is like there's ones that like play out negatively, and ones that play out positively. I think the thing is too, it it's an investment. You actually don't know right away, right? Like it's like going back to our nice keyword of change is like people don't like change right so cheers cheers, cheers. cheers. <laughs> you know it's always difficult to deal with that and that can always just cause a little disruption no matter good or bad it's going to do that and you're you're kind of waiting for it to play out and it, it could play out negatively or hopefully it's like plays out in the positives but that takes time to see that investment play out it doesn't all of a sudden be like wow we should have done this a long time ago it's like that takes time to figure that out and so i think that's like tough too because it's it's not going to just be sunshine and rainbows after you pull the trigger it's like no now we actually have to like sort this out and figure out how this rolls out and you know how do we be most effective and that takes time yeah definitely like as an ic i, I totally feel the sentiment of sometimes it feels like i'm just riding the wave there's not much i can do the the die has been cast you know but i i feel 
if you ever experience a reorg, this is where talking to your manager and asking questions really get the context of what they know, why it's going on. That like really helps. Like, I don't know, at least for me, for the anxiety sometimes, like, um, and you know, the takeaway shouldn't be that reorgs are negative. You know, they can be like, most of the time they're very positive and they're very needed and healthy, but it's good to build that context of why they're doing it. Um, that, that really helps. Um, it helped me, you know, because I get anxious about that stuff. <laughs> I, I think it's it's not just you, like, feeling that. I think it's also in order for a good rollout of a reorg, it comes down to leadership is usually the one. Someone's making that decision. It has to be clear. It yeah. has to be, like, clear, concise. It's all about that communication of, like, well, when are you telling people? Maybe not pulling them all into, like, a last, you know, like the Stacy's example of, like, <laughs> throwing something on the calendar and like <laughs> freaking everyone out, probably not the best thing. And it's not easy on the leadership side either is like, how do you cascade this information and make sure that it's clear and people understand it. They're all getting it all at once. Like you do want to control the fact that you don't want like it's seeded and some people know about it and others don't because then it's like that gets leaked pretty quickly and then it's confusing and people are frustrated that way. And so that's not easy either, but like I do think, think there's really great ways to communicate it and really poorly ways like i've seen some bad examples of like just it, it poorly communicated or things aren't clear and there's a lot of questions from people because it's it wasn't clear and that's a huge distraction then you're like not really bought into like why are we doing this and if that's not clear then that's a problem too even if you don't agree with it, hopefully it was clear the motivations behind it. What kind of things you said, like questions that you would ask your manager, did you have like some things that you've thought about? Yeah. As I look back, I wish I asked. Um, and I think actually what Ryan was mentioning, you know, I do feel that leadership, it would ideally they would be very upfront and clear about the reasons why they're doing it. You know, if you have questions of why the reorg is happening, I think that's a sign of very bad communication. You know, don't go. You should still ask. Yeah. It. If it's not clear, ask the question. Don't go yelling at them like, hey, why aren't you clear or something? But, you know, I, I, yeah. I, if you are an executive leader, please be very clear about the reorg. But definitely um, talking to your, my managers, really asking them what they foresee the impact is. Because I feel a manager definitely can, can foresee the impact. Sometimes they have more context of the why maybe they won't say everything in the announcement email or meeting and and the manager has just a very much better sense of what the effect can be for the team you know maybe down maybe something that doesn't happen now but a year or two later it could like affect headcount or it could affect um projects that come down and and you know even those kind of small things can have big ramifications right like maybe less projects come to the team and then you know, if your promotion opportunities, if promotion process involves being able to get good projects, that that's a that could be a thing. That could be be a thing that ends up um, affecting you, and you don't realize it until a year or two later, where you're like, oh, roadmap meeting, and you realize, okay, so now this team is now owning this product, so we have this much, we only have these things, and they're not significant enough. That's a great, great question. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely talk to your manager. Is my recommendation and asking him i like what you said to augustus on the like the manager may have more context or understanding i think that they should also be connecting the dots for you and where does this affect our team right 
maybe it's a big big change that's like a lot of teams affected that yeah cheers (laughs) (laughs) i'm hoping that the manager is able to articulate how does this affect us and like what does this mean for our team in the future and so i like that you're asking those questions too because they'll put the spin on as like how does this affect our team i think that's a good way to look at it i even like asking like how do you feel about this like just ask your manager like how do you feel about it and I mean, maybe they will tell you the truth or not, but like at least you get less sense from them if they feel good about it, and that can help your confidence about. The what change. happens if they're freaked out about it, oh, Stacey? Oh, that's that's <laughs> an awkward moment. Does that give you much confidence? <laughs> no. <laughs> if they say something like "run," <laughs> just quietly run, run, get out now. Catch them printing out their resume. <laughs> Probably not a good sign. Yeah, when their LinkedIn gets updated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Watch right, people's yeah. LinkedIn's around this time. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have to postpone this one-on-one. I'm in an interview with them. <laughs> yeah, check their calendar. It's like, why is there this interview on your calendar? <laughs> I, I think another good one, Augustus, asking your manager these questions, I think it was a great perspective. I think another one is, what are your expectations like of you, the individual, like asking your manager how has this changed from expectations of me? Like, how can I help maybe adjust and, and shift to like where we need to be? And then like, how does it affect that future? Like you said, I like what you said about promotions. I haven't even really thought of that. It's like, maybe you're absorbing another team and like, this may mean more for you, which is a good thing in the sense that maybe it's like more impact that you can have. Maybe you're leading efforts or taking on a new project. Like, I, I love that too, is like, it could mean that you're growing as, as an engineer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a good point. Like sometimes reorgs, there's a lot of opportunity that comes with it. Like you might lose some ownership of something but then you gain some ownership and you know maybe at first you're like not very excited maybe it's like some very old project that hasn't gotten a lot of love and that that actually is generally sometimes the the those are the important projects that really get you promoted you know like there's this old project that no one's really maintaining everyone wants to stay away from it and you can kind of come in there swoop in and really say hey these are the improvements we need to make and that that's like real change that's really big um change cheers man we picked a good one <laughs> we did pick a good one <laughs> we had to celebrate it's 150 we episodes we do have to celebrate we're yeah. in person this Woo-hoo! is great you know we talked a lot about what's good about a reorg or why what are some of the negative experiences you've had i i personally have had some negative experiences i think jem you mentioned they're not a bad thing or they they're natural that need to happen but i've definitely experienced some bad ones and i'm curious if all of you have had some situations that you have not enjoyed and what made it bad one of the reorgs they um it was more because of an acquisition but the my manager's manager changed and this person loved to be very micromanagey and uh, not in the same state. So like all of us were in one office, but um, this person was in a different place. And just like on the phone, like trying to call me at like 5 p.m. Like emergency, you need to like do this thing right now. And I was like, I'm going home. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it was just very like, I don't know. It wasn't it. It was a weird relationship, and it didn't seem very uh, collaborative. It was more like uh, commanding, and and it wasn't the spirit of the company that I had joined. Like the culture was so different, and it really kind of like started to yeah mess with the culture. And like 
make everybody kind of a little unhappy. And so that one, that did not go well. <laughs> I, I have one that hilariously I feel benefited me, but in hindsight, I can see organizationally why it didn't really pan out and wasn't good. Um, it was when I, when I was on Ryan's team on marketing website, um, like a few years later after um, you left, uh, they considered doing a reorg where they merged marketing website with the web client of Evernote. Um, so all the web, all the web folks are together and they can contribute. And so I think in retrospectively, it sounds like a really great idea. Um, but at the time, you know, Evernote was a Java shop. Everything was Google web toolkit, our favorite framework, you know, <laughs> and, and there's, GWT for life. If you're talking to a front-end engineer, just talk about Gwit and they'll be your best friend. <laughs> why, why do React when you can do Gwit? And Java, that's right. It, it sounded like a good idea, but I, I would say it was hard to really find the time because there's so many projects on both work streams and just like not having the time for the teams to really take the time to learn each other's code bases. So we just never really um, had the time set out to set that set that change up for success. Cheers. Cheers. Um, Cheers. It, it benefited me because you know I worked. I kind of went out of my way to learn how the web application worked, and and that was able. I could dip my toes in both code bases, but eventually I think that reorg kind of like backpedaled a bit because they weren't really seeing the what they wanted to see, you know. Which it can happen. I yeah. Mean, and I actually think if they backpedaled out of it, sometimes that's okay too. Frustrating, absolutely. But like recognizing that we tried something and it didn't work. I mean, that at least they're recognizing that instead of just keep plowing through it. Exactly. I think in that scenario too is like if the code bases are so different, it's like, yeah, then you're, you're basically on two completely different, like you'd be like, writing Android and writing iOS. Like yeah. it feels that different that you're not getting the shared value of the components or things like that too. So I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like even from like a developer experience, it was, it's like very jarring to switch development environments. You know, you're working in Java and then all of a sudden, Oh, got to go to PHP, SAS, you know? Um, yeah. I've seen reorgs go poorly, largely due to communication, which is like, it doesn't make sense, but it, that seems to be the root cause of like a lot of the failures I've seen. Um, a lot of it stems from a lack of empathy for the ICs, because reorgs are never triggered by a manager. Like so, people at Ryan I level, like we're, we're never going to do like we should reorg our organization, change our name, and shift teams. That'll never happen. It's always maybe directors, but usually VPs or even C levels. And that gap, however many layers there are between that person and the individual contributor it makes reorgs harder if that executive or whoever did it isn't like, hey, I have this context. I see the business and I see that what's going to happen. I'm doing forecasting for five, 10 years out and we need to do this thing. Uh, but their failure to communicate that to people or like, oh, they, they don't need to know. They just need to do it is where I've seen reorgs go really wrong. And I think underestimating individual contributors and the fact that like, they are the blood of the company is where reorgs tend to go wrong. Where they go well is when someone's like, hey, we're doing this thing. I know it sucks. And I know we probably just did a reorg last year, but here's the outcome we're looking for and here's why we're doing it. And yeah, you may not agree, 
but at least you understand their motivation and you can like you can disagree and commit or you can leave and say like you know i understand it and this isn't really really where i want to be but that ambiguity is where like a lot of the failures come from and it's just it's so simple but like we've been making the same mistakes for you know 50 probably as long as corporations have been yeah, around probably, yes, we keep yeah. doing the same not thing. just even engineering software it's like yes as corporations been around it's yeah. a good point like even tooling changes that was like the, t speaking to your point about taking into account like the individual contributors uh how they feel about stuff like in one of these reorgs which is basically just an acquisition but it's kind of a similar thing we were told to we had to stop, you know, maybe using Git, and we needed to use Perforce. And yeah. We had to, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yes. And we had to, at the time, we were using, like, all the on-prem uh, Elassian stuff, so we were tracking stuff in Jira, and it was hooked into Bitbucket and blah, blah, blah. It was all, like, nicely integrated and, and like, as complicated as sometimes Jira is. Like, at least we all, like, we were all into it. It was fine. The, they were like, you need to stop using that and track all your bugs in Salesforce. And we're like... Salesforce. What? That's not a tool for tracking bugs. Like, what are you talking about? It was like all these, all these sort of, um, not suggestions, but like you, this is what we're doing, and it was. It just felt, you know, like, but didn't you acquire us because like we had been successful at a thing, and like why were we successful? It's like, oh, we had like tooling that was efficient and helped us build stuff in a, an efficient way, and so like that can blow up, right? Like if you, if you. It's not a good change. <laughs> no, and I think it, it gets to Jem's point of just empathy, of like curiosity even. I think maybe that's even a better way of looking at it is like understanding like what's working and what's not and maybe seeing inefficiencies where like maybe you have like multiple different things like some some of the teams are using perf for us and some are using git and some are some are using bitbucket and some are using github and like maybe there is a value in consolidating that but like if they're not really understanding like what the value is and, and trying to dig at that first to try and make informed decisions, then it is really culture breaking. Right. Right. Like, and, and it's like inefficient too. Yeah. That that's rough. Like that is really tough. Yeah. I, I can't, uh, relate more. Um, yeah. Like Twitch and, and I actually, I would say a lot of it was for the better, but when Twitch was acquired by Amazon, um, you know, like Amazon has figured out stuff like, far beyond that what twitch might need to handle so uh, migrating to some of the tooling they have however you know they're like the migration process of moving over is very very unproductive like managing two vpns like oh here i need to go to this twitch tooling oh twitch vpn oh i need to switch to amazon tooling oh amazon vpn oh god and it's just it's very unproductive um thankfully we're in a better place now and even to Jem's point, I like that you mentioned like it's not necessarily it. Yeah, it's almost never a manager making these decisions. Like it's usually a higher up person that's dealing with that or making that change. When things go really poorly, guess who gets hammered with like all the questions and everything, and and dealing with that and trying to almost address and maybe not maybe not even fix the problems but just address some of those concerns it's the manager who may not even have the full picture either if the communication hasn't gone well it's like maybe the manager doesn't even know all that stuff and that can be tough too is like you get put into like this really crappy spot to to deal with that so valid point on that where it can go really wrong i think i can think of two examples where i think as an IC where I was in a company where unfortunately it was like a downsizing situation. My team went, I think it was like 
divided in half. Like it was like, it was drastic. I was fortunate enough to be able to like, was one of the ones that stayed, but that didn't make it any better. It was like kind of similar to your point, Stacy. It was, we were shifting to another team, but to your point of like getting pulled into a meeting, that's how we were told. It was like this immediate meeting, like in five minutes. And it was like, okay, this is not good. And you look around the room and you're like, oh, half my team's not here. And like, oh, now we're being absorbed. Like it was, it just wasn't a great feeling at all. It was actually communicated well why we were doing it. And it actually made sense. It just didn't feel right just to see your colleagues gone. On another point where I was involved in a lot of discussions as a leader doing a reorg, it was painful like i'll look back on this as like it took so long it was taking months of conversations and i reflect on this where i'm like a reorg should never take that long like it should not take months of conversations like i think that in itself is probably indication that it's like something's wrong yeah there's things that need to be figured out and addressed but like you kind of need to act fairly quickly you don't want to draw it out in this long process because i don't think that's the right thing either and like I said, no reorg is ever perfect. And so you're never going to make it perfect. So don't spend time and time on it. Like for its months long process, it, it's not worth it. And and I think that that was, I reflected on that where I'm like, yeah, that was probably like really unhealthy and someone's not making a decision and that's a problem in itself. All in all, I don't think there's a perfect way to do it, but we've definitely addressed some of the things where like communication is key and like you know, making sure that people you're thinking about people like empathy and, and understanding of that, that can go a long way. Yeah. I'll, I'll add on, on the communication bit. Um, sharing the vision is important too, because Ryan, like you're saying, a lot of time managers have no idea, like we don't know any more than anything else, or we disagree and we've disagreed like privately amongst other leaders. And we're, we still have to move forward at a certain point, and, but we still have to sell that. It's important to have that vision and understand it. So at least it's like, yeah, this is changing, but here's, here's the big picture. Here's what you can sell people on. Uh, that I think in my now coming up on one year of manager experience and all these learnings, that's probably the bigger takeaways. Like managers often don't know. Um, and we have to fill in the gaps as best we can. And again, it just falls to communication. You have to over, over communicate. And then you have to sell it too. You can't just say this is a reorg because I went to Harvard and I'm smart and they just hired me and they're paying me $10 billion to run this company. Um, this is what we're going to do and just do it. Like you have to go, you have to execute on it and communicate well and then go down and sell it after that. And it's a lot of work and most people don't put in that level. But the ones that have gone well are those people that like, they, they go to, they have town halls, they have Q&A docs, they, they go and meet the teams and hear their concerns and they sell people on it. And that's like the hard part of long, the long tail of execution of uh, reorganizations. I think a manager's role in that too is to your point is like you might be brought in a bit earlier than like ICs at that point. And you're right. You're fighting for the concerns of like that you would have that should like affect your team. And so hopefully you're, you know, voicing that concern and giving that feedback. I think another important factor is, is like, I think, Jem, you mentioned disagree and commit at another point in the episode is that there are points where if the decision has been made and like 
you, they've heard you. They've you've given feedback, even if it wasn't taken. It's like great. I, there's also a point where I think you need to try and help almost get on board to make it successful. It's like, and I'm not saying you have to like go overboard and sell it. Oh, this is the best thing in the world. It's like, no, be honest, but like also don't be combative either because that's not going to help your team either and i think it's it's a weird situation but i do think it's like your job as a leader to also okay like this is the direction how do i help shape this for my team or how do i help shape this for like the the, make it the best that it can be even if i'm a little skeptical of it it's like great i i'm gonna be on board and figure out how to work that and i think that that's a tough situation too in in a lot of these reorgs i think with the communication it's really important to use plain words and yes. like English and not corporate speak. If you like sell it as like, we're just driving some synergies to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I almost knew you were going to say synergy. Yeah. <laughs> and you just like look in the audience and just sort of blank stares back at you. Like, what does that even mean? Like use real, uh, real examples of like why it's going to benefit customers or why it's going to benefit people that are buying, you know, the thing that you're making. Like use just, yeah, stop with the corporate speak and just use real words. And also be honest on what you don't know. Like, yeah. there's also unknowns, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, it's not perfect synergy. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> you know, this is still unknown here. We think it's going to work, and here's how we're hoping it plays out. But it's still unknown. And, like, this is, we're trying to work through those details. That is actually good communication is, like, here's what we don't know. We're calling this out. We're de- we're figuring it out. But, yeah, we don't know all the details. I'm actually better with that answer than, like, not telling anything. Like, better to call it out as like yeah we're still working out on that good at least you're aware of that yeah i love um i i'm so glad we can hear like your your both of yours perspective from a manager because i think a lot of people do forget that like i've been really lucky when reorgs have happened my managers are so transparent and they don't use the corporate speak they'll literally just tell me i'll just be straight up honest i learned about this this morning so five hours before you yeah um, and I don't know the ramifications yet, but I'm going to get back to you on what I feel, how it's going to impact the team. And that is like, you know, yeah. we don't get a lot from that, but that just sounds so much better and makes me less anxious. Like, okay, hey, you know, we don't know it, but we're going to get through it. And we're in it together. We're in it, <laughs> we're in it together, yeah. So I'll say you will be surprised how often things happen that your manager just disagrees with, and you, you'll never know. You, you won't know how much they argued against this certain thing. But... I think a good manager obfuscates that from you and is like, hey, yeah, you know, there's some changes, and but here's what's going to happen. Um, but again, that's so hard. That that's, it, All these things I'm learning as a manager is like it's so hard to do to like personally disagree with something, but to, you need to execute because it's a business and we're all here to do a job. And it doesn't help your team if you're like, yeah, this sucks. This is some yeah. BS, yeah. blah, blah, yep. blah. Like that doesn't help anybody. It might make you feel better. Uh, yeah, I, I could... We could do a whole episode on things I've learned in a year. I just take it out and talk on a podcast. So I don't know about you. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think it's a great time to jump into picks. Uh, at the end of each episode, we love to share things that we've found interesting and want to share with all of you. Let's go around the table at physical, real world table and share picks for today's episode. Jem, you want to start it off? Yeah, I, I have two picks. Um, the first one is a show. It is currently streaming on Netflix in the U.S. Or it's not a show, it's a movie. Uh, it's called Sorry to Bother You. It's about a telemarketer and the adventures that they, they go on. I, I won't get into it and I won't spoil it, but it's it's kind of a surrealist comedy that really takes it to the next level. The third act gets a little off the rails, but 
just just watch it. I, I promise you won't be disappointed. Um, it is, it, it's really good. Um, the second one is a show. It is not on Netflix. It is on Apple TV. It is called Severance. Uh, so good. Yeah. It on many levels, it, it's such a good show. Probably the best show I've seen in in 2022. Probably the best show I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. It really challenges that whole work life balance perspective, and it puts it in a whole nother twist. And it really makes you think, like, who is my work persona? Who is my home persona? <laughs> Are they different people? I won't spoil anything, but it is just so fantastic. You watch it all the way up to the end, and you're just like, I don't, I don't. It's such a fresh take too that it, like, it's really nice to not see something rehashed. Just like a totally fresh idea, and they really, really take it to the end. Stacey, you have any thoughts it's on this? Brilliant! I love it. It was so good. Uh, I've I've heard some people say like oh they watched a few episodes they couldn't get into it I was like they're character building, they're character building, I got into it immediately so I don't I don't I didn't relate to that statement but it is worth it. It's 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 worth a watch and this affects nothing but it's directed by Ben Stiller. Yeah, I did see that actually. Yeah, and it's it just solid direction, solid writing, solid storyline, solid cinematography. Yeah, I you know you all know me I'm pretty critical of shows and. This, this one is solid. Nice. Augustus, what do you have? Ooh, yes. Um, so what I have, both are on GitHub. So <laughs> um, my first pick is a package called Endgame. Um, Twitch got hacked. I'll just, I'll just be honest. You know, everybody knows. Yeah. So it's not even a secret. So um, And um, there's this uh, really cool package called Endgame, and it's an AWS pen testing tool. So you can run it on your service. And it will literally try every single vulnerability it kind of knows on common AWS services. And it, can, it will tell you, like, hey, you need to do this. You should fix this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I thought it's just, like, a really useful tool. So worth checking out. So don't get hacked. Is <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah. But, um, and then my second pick is um, another thing. It's called Architecture Decision Record. It's not a package. It's actually more of... Um, kind of a philosophy of how you should go about making large architecture changes or even small ones. And what it is, is it's kind of a template. It's all in Markdown. And when you make a a fairly significant change to your code base, let's say you need to handle some new product requirement or you need to handle some new level of, I don't know, you need to scale. You've reorged and you need to take (laughs) on. You need to to do something um, and it involves changing the architecture. You write a quick document and it's just this template that uses and you just commit it to your repository. And that way there's kind of this paper trail of, okay, hey, I've made these changes, here is why. And it's just like a very systematic way of kind of creating a change log of why you made this change. And it's like kind of intuitive, but you wouldn't think, oh, hmm, I should do that, you know, so. I like that. Awesome. Stacy. what do you have? All right. I've got two music picks. The first one is Beings of Light by Fort Rameau, uh, filled with colorful synths and heavy bass lines. Attack Magazine described it as expresses spatial ambiguity, is contemplative, reflective, and carves a world for the listener's imagination to freely unravel. So check it out. The whole album's really good. Uh, and the second pick is War by Brutus. It's a Belgian band. Um, the genre is sort of post-hardcore math rock shoegaze, which is an interesting combo. The drummer, Stephanie, 
is also the lead singer, which I find incredibly impressive because drumming is very difficult in and of itself. And then to sing on top of that, I find uh, uh, very impressive. Um, that song's really great, but the whole album is also very, 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 very good. Nice. All right, well, I have two picks. I'm going to choose like a Netflix original that is like more in the trash TV, uh, <laughs> like reality. It's been out for a while, but the ultimatum is like, honestly one of the wildest shows i mean the premise of it is these couples that none of them are married there's i think six couples and they're all one of them one of the people in the couple has given an ultimatum that basically they want to get married and so going on this show with this ultimatum and they're like but they get split up and get paired up with others in like other couples it's just bizarre it's like torture like i swear it is (laughs) it's one of those ones where you just can't look away. Like, I feel like I binged this thing too quickly. And I'm not a huge reality TV person. Like, there's pieces of it where I'm like, yeah, I end up watching it and it's fine. But this one, I was just like, it was so unique and I've never seen something like it. And I highly recommend checking it out. I feel so sorry for everyone who was involved having to <laughs> go through that. I could never do that. But uh, it was interesting. And then my second pick is a smart home thing that... I realize I haven't, I don't think I've ever picked it, but Lutron lights, they're honestly the best switches. If you want to switch your lights to anything smart, the Lutron light system is amazing. I, I, I have a couple of Lutron products, but the light switches are amazing. So I highly re- recommend that. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. We are super pumped to all be together. Thank you all for joining us uh, and listening to us together again. If you'd like to leave us a review, let us know how we're doing on whatever you like to listen to podcasts on. You can follow us on Twitter at FrontonHH. Any last words? Cheers to seeing friends in person. Cheers. Cheers. 150. 150. 150. 150.